Hey, this is Matt Dawson from the Crop Conference, and you're listening to the Master of One podcast. Register for Crop 2017 at CropBR.com. Welcome to another episode of the Master of One podcast, the podcast that's getting the band back together. Part one this week, we talk about shadow tactics, scribble artist C.J. Hendry, and the adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai across the eighth dimension. I'm Andrew, your master of art and design. I'm Patrick, your master of television and film. And I'm Luke, your master of toys and games. So hop in your oscillation over thruster because it's time to head to planet 10. I forgot my gun. kick every episode off by going around the table which is where we talk about the fun times that we've had the week up to this <laughs> yeah that's fine that's what we do that's what we do so uh i stand by that luke you look happy okay good so let's talk to you about what makes you so happy the ruse maybe is it'll make us happy no uh you know what i haven't really been doing much i've been working a lot trying to get ready for crop coming up next week i have a half half week next week so i'm trying to cram everything in uh, and get done with all my stuffs um to be clear from when this releases crop is two days away well yeah but peek behind the curtain we record early um speaking of which how was your easter it was great i had a lot of things that i bought for my children (laughs) nice you don't buy stuff on easter except eggs okay we all we always bought two dozen eggs every Easter, and then we would just eat them d- throughout the day. We would do uh, scrambled eggs for breakfast. We did raw eggs for like a protein shake, scrambled for breakfast, over easy for lunch, hard boiled for a snack. Um, and dinner we would do fried uh, eggs. No, no, no. Then you guys would you, head to the gym. No, what, what are and they called? The family you, like, that works out together. The, you basically is, take uh, the egg insides and you scramble them up, and then you put them back in the egg. Mm. Oh, that's called being a crazy idiot. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, never heard of somebody scrambling eggs and then putting it back. No, you t- you take you create this mayonnaise concoction. It's oh, no. yellow. No, and no, no. deviled eggs. The, thank the Lord! Oh my I gosh, think of that. that is not. No, I was no, picturing no, no, no. putting scrambled eggs like into the egg shell. <laughs> that's exactly what I was picturing. <laughs> I'm like, what are you like, talking why about? Would you <laughs> do you see why I thought you were crazy? Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> well, why too. wouldn't you do that? It's like an it'd be an egg boat. <laughs> yeah, egg boat. Cool. So my week consisted of eggs. Uh, no, I, so I didn't really do much. I've just been working, but I had I did start watching a show. I uh, realize there's more to deviled eggs than that. Okay. <laughs> Someone right now is about to tweet me a recipe. It's for mayonnaise, eggs. mustard, pickle juice, and paprika. That's all it it's, is. It's diff. No, it's different. It's not no. mustard if you're down south. No, you're south is stupid. It's ketchup. <laughs> you just you just got yourself in a world of hurt, sir. Nope. That's fine. It's an opinion. I'm allowed to say whatever I want. Not yeah. here. You're not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna mic this real quick here. It's gonna work it. 
Okay. Mike this. I got it marked. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, like so this. I started watching a new show, new to me. It's in its second season, The Santa Clarita Diet. It's on yes. Netflix. Yeah, I've been toying with the idea to yeah, watch it. So it with is Ray, with Raylan. What? He, he's Raylan and Justified. He's the guy. Right? He's, he's yeah, the yeah, guy yeah, who yeah. made up deviled eggs. It's it's Drew Barrymore <laughs> and Tim- Timothy Oliphant are the main Ooh, characters. They're husband and wife. And uh, what happens is uh, Sheila, Drew Barrymore's character, uh, something happens to her and all of a sudden she needs to eat people. Uh, And it's just the story of how in a living in a suburban neighborhood, they accomplish that. Uh, They're both real. She's like a zombie. She's like kind of technically dead. Yeah, she's an she's undead. Technically. Um, It's good. It's funny. It's it's one of those like shows that you watch because you just want to see how it how it happens like nothing is like surprising or there's there's like random i don't know it like both of their neighbors on each side are cops so it's like (laughs) it's just i don't know it's is she is she the main is she the main reason for the show what do you mean Because, because okay so here's what i mean by that any movie I've ever watched with her that I liked, mm-hmm. um, she's a main character, certainly, but she plays second fiddle to an Adam Sandler type. You know what I mean? Who, who yeah. steals the... Yeah. No, she's the, she's the main character, for okay. sure. All right. Um, but it's, I mean, so far, I'm, I mean, I'm in first season still, and there's two seasons, so I, I don't know how it evolves. But so far, her and Timothy Oliphant's character, Joel, her husband... They're together in everything. Like they're both realtors. They work together. They sell houses together. They're in that. They're like high school sweethearts. And now it's like, he's like, I'll do anything for you and blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh, so it's hard to tell because it feels like they're both together all the time. So they're both main characters, you know? So to answer your question, it's kind of hard to tell, like she's predominant, but so is he. So, okay. But it's funny. It's it's funny. It's a little predictable, um, but I like it. I like I like zombie okay. stuff. So that's it. Uh, other than that, I mean, man, we're, we have a a humdinger for Thursday, and I'm ready to talk about that. So, yep. uh, Patrick, what what is your week time? Timothy uh, Oliphant, Oliphant, Oliphant. Uh, he is. Stunning. He never forgets. And Oliphant never forgets. That's true. He, I like the guy. I just a lot. <laughs> You're I mean, really proud what, of that. That's what I want you to know about him. <laughs> Andrew's super proud of it. <laughs> yeah. If you're watching it. video right now, you'll see him pat himself on the back. That's honestly, that's not enough to get me to watch the video. So that's not a sell. <laughs> um, that is a sale. <laughs> <laughs> that was better than Too your far. elephant joke. <laughs> Two new shows. Thanks. So TV is is coming back. I mean, we had it's I'm holding it. this in my hand. Um, <laughs> TV's coming back. We had downtime because we had like all these series ended. Wait, what's downtime? I haven't seen that. Downtime Abbey. We had <laughs> downtime Abbey. <laughs> January, February, and wait, is um, that like the lifetime version of the Deuce? <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine what a lifetime version of the Deuce would be like. That's all. I am very intrigued. I would watch it. Um, <laughs> Downtime Abby. So anyway, um, 
we, we just know. January and February have been very weak, and we've been waiting for stuff to come back. There's some, you know, we have Westworld coming out next month. We have Handmaid's Tale coming out next month, and then this month we got uh, a return of Silicon Valley, which was yeah. a really great f- first episode. Now, again, I, I said this at the end of last year that we need some changes to actually stick because it seems like every year is this cycle of we're starting from the bottom. Working our way up, losing it all at the last minute. That way, next year we can start at the bottom again. So yeah. there's we're definitely now. a pattern. Here's the thing, though: yes. it's working. Well, here's the thing. For me, it needs to change this season. So Are you I'm still stop on watching board. If it doesn't, that's not the point today. I'm just <laughs> you I'm need asking. To, you need to ask you're, me that you're question. You're taking a pretty heavy stance right now, seemingly. But he he did say this before, and, and I would heavy agree. Standard. It, it gets a little it gets a little tired, but at the same time, by the time the you, by the time you're separated from these characters long enough, you forget, and you just want to be in front of the characters again. That's true. You just want to you just want to laugh at Jared again. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So um, so hopefully something will stick this year. Now, what we also got is we got a new show called Barry. So Barry is uh, Bill Hader's the lead in that, and it follows a uh, so he's a you know a proficient hitman he's and a depressed uh, proficient hitman. Depressed proficient hitman. So and it follows him. Uh, the first episode we we go on. Uh, we get to follow along for one of his hits, and then we also get to kind of see this spark of uh, of trans, like this uh, spark of a, a new identity kind of take hold. So I don't think I've told this story on the show before, but you may have read it. Uh, Bill Hader actually struggles a lot with um, panic attacks and uh, huh. and like he, like freaking out before he has to go on stage. This happened a lot on SNL, where he would just like before he was going to walk out in front of people. And panic attack may be too strong of a word, but it also might not be. But before he's going to walk out with people, he, he would freak out a lot because, you know, he doesn't want to mess up and, and all those type of things. And so the comment was made at some point, the thing that he loved was killing him because it was very, very tough to overcome this constant fear, but it was necessary in order to do the thing that he loved. And so the idea for Barry follows the same long this uh, follows along the same lines. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, with the idea being that I, I know it follows the same long. Luke's gonna clean this up. The idea with Barry is that um, he's a he's a hitman, and in order to be good at that job, you have to be cold. You can't be an empathetic person, right? You have to be able to keep distance from people. You definitely don't need to be emotive. You need to be someone that stays in the shadows. Those are all things that are necessary. In order to be good on stage when it comes to theater, you have to be big and expressive and like really get in touch with your true self and like express that. And so in order... It's like the antithesis of it. Yes. And so in order to get better at theater, you have to make yourself worse at being a hitman. And so the idea with Barry is that the thing he loves will be the thing that ultimately kills him. Very literally in this case. And so that that is what spurred this idea with Bill Hader and has now led to this show. And so again, in the first episode, we get to follow along on one of these hits and we get to see this, um, you know, fall into this idea of acting and we get to see the seed of that really take hold. Uh, have either of y'all seen the first episode? I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I have. Loved, uh, so I love the show. I mean, Did you I love asked, it from the get or did you have to warm to it? I, Bill Hader is someone that I would put on my list of um, just someone that I find enthralling, even if they're doing. Yeah, nothing. you're in. Anytime he's on the screen, you're in. 
Sure. So uh, I, yeah. I can admit that r- realistically, the last, you know, certainly like you start to get the drama uh, pun. Uh, you start to feel the tension once you get about 60% of the way into the episode. And just the last like four minutes is just awesome. Um, I actually replayed uh, it and watched it a couple of times. I would um, say that I, I agree. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And as an overall, I, I thought it was amazing. I thought the show was really unique and cool. Um, but like the first half hour of the show, it's an hour long episode, right? Maybe. It didn't feel like an yeah. hour if it was. So Okay. Well, say the, I'll say that this. The first half of the episode felt like it was a slow start for me. Um, but then... Some of what they were setting up in the beginning with showing how he's depressed and showing how he feels, that was necessary for me to understand what this character is going to go through for the rest of the season or for the rest of the run of the show. Um, but the first, you do kind of have to get through the first half of the episode. And then the writing is really smart. Henry Winkler is yes. killing it in nice. this show. <laughs> he's, um, I love his role so much. His but yeah, I agree. The, the last few minutes of it were like, just don't shoot at me. Or what is he like? Don't just put the gun down. Just put the gun. And then when it, it is just good. It's good. Um, so anyway, I, I definitely highly recommend uh, watching the first episode. I have no doubt that I'll be sticking with this season. And, uh, and it's great. I, I feel like I'm engaged again. Something's got me hooked. And we're only a few weeks from Westworld. We're only a few weeks from Handmaid's Tale. So uh, I, I, I'm just going to have to stop the podcast for all of, um, you know, April, May, and, and June. And then I'll come when, back. When you'll actually have stuff to talk about? <laughs> yes, because I'll, I'll be busy thinking about it to myself, selfishly. Wow. So uh, last thing, uh, real quick, spit the day today with Adam Rourke. Uh, he's a cool guy, incredibly talented t- yeah. designer. And, uh, and Adam, uh, from me to you, I'm going to solve that mystery. And once I solve it, I'll talk about it. But I'm going to solve yeah. that mystery. You know so. what? Luke will too. No, given I don't have no time. more information, given no more information than what Patrick just said, Luke's going to solve that mystery. No, I don't have time. By there Thursday. We. Nope. I don't have time. There we go. <laughs> um, all right, Andrew, did you go? All right. Uh, no, I don't think so. so. My bad. <laughs> um, I have a bunch of stuff, so I'm just going to kind of rapid fire through it. It's been a crazy, I've been playing catch up on some stuff because it's been nuts. Uh, I've alluded to that several times. And one of these days I'll talk about how crazy it's been. But um, got a lot of fun things, uh, and one of the things is I spent a lot of time at the movie theaters over the last couple of weeks, um, and I'll talk about some of that during my master category. But a um, couple things came out this week that are super fun. Uh, a, a few weeks ago, the, uh, the Jurassic Park um, is celebrating its t- uh, 25th anniversary, and so Pop is doing or Funko is doing all of these different figures, and so I picked up uh, this guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 you didn't say the magic word. He's great. His glasses are great. Um, I'm more does, and more. Does he impressed. have a Barbasol can? Yep, he's holding a Barbasol can. Um, and then I got a Velociraptor, who is super cute. The eyes are terrifying. It's super cute. Um, and then uh, unrelated to um, unrelated to Jurassic Park, uh, I got this. Uh, Baby Groot bobbles. Nice. I hate the bobbles. Can I just say that? I want to I want to modify it because look, you can see like this you can see it. It's not great. I want to modify it where I take the bobble like the the thing off. Yeah. Um 
and just make it like a just straight up, you know, fix to it. I don't know how to do that. Maybe Luke, you can tell me how. Maybe just jam some clay up in there or something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, that's like mid-sized group. That one, that one's from Loot Crate, right? Yeah, special yeah, edition. That was the Loot Crate special because he has the clear, like the acrylic hand. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the Maxima to your Ultima. Yeah, this one's the baby Groot. Um, the teenage Groot will be coming out shortly within Infinity War. Um, so I got those guys. I got some pops. They're, they're nothing to write home about, but they're fun. Um, and they was they were on sale at GameStop. It was like three for thirty, uh, which they're normally like twelve to fourteen dollars a piece. Um, I got this. I had no re- I had no desire to get this initially, but I'll show you why I got it. I got this game. Uh, oh. Detective Pikachu oh. for yes. uh, Nintendo 3DS, right? No, um, you're wrong. I got it. What? Oh. Oh. I got it for Cooper. This game is weird. Um, it, I, was, it's like, I was out when I saw the commercial. Like, it's just yeah. so corny. Well, it's. have you ever played the game? Um, oh, my gosh, I'm blanking on it. Uh, it's the courtroom one. Uh Oh. It was really, really popular several years ago. Yeah, um, I can't remember right now. It plays a little bit like that, where you have to go so, like find clues and. Mm-hmm. But Pikachu talks. Yeah, I don't like and, that. And uh, the lady at GameStop was uh, telling me that there was a petition to try to get um, Danny DeVito to do the voice of Pikachu, and when he didn't end up doing the voice of Pikachu, they got someone to impersonate impersonate Danny DeVito doing the voice of Pikachu. It's very, very interesting. But here's why I got it. Cooper wanted it. He wanted it anyway. But here's why I got it. They, they have an Amiibo that they released with it. And I love the Amiibos because um, they're very functional. They're very cool. But this is the very first Amiibo they did that was different. They did a, uh, like a, I don't know, a large scale Amiibo. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. Yeah. I'm trying to get you guys to see the detail. The guys uh, on the internet are seeing it really, really well. But the base has a map has a map yeah. of the area that he's on. Does it help you in the game? Yeah, it helps you. This help the no, amiibo the map. gives you Does the map? Oh. Probably. I don't know. I haven't played it yet. Cooper's been playing it. Um but you see his hat, the detail, the like incredible detail. No, it looks um, good, yeah. In his uh in his like Sherlock Holmes hat. The paint job is impeccable. Um the sculpt is great. But anyway, like I wanted this guy on my shelf, and I thought I should probably get the game so Cooper can play with it. I so just it's don't like that functional. voice for Pikachu. Like, I think that's what turned it's me weird. off so much. It's so dumb. It's, it's really strange to me. But only you can hear it if, you, if you're his trainer. Everyone else just hears Pikachu, Pikachu. I know. Whatever. Um, I'm not defending it. I'm just telling you. Um, two more things I want to talk about. No, three. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys about, showed you, I know I showed you guys this, but I don't know if I showed the podcast listeners this. Our buddy Tom Whalen, um, uh, designed a piece for, uh, Franklin Barbecue, which we've talked about on the show. Uh, towards the middle end of last year, Franklin had a fire Mm -hmm. and, uh, part of their smokehouse burned down. And so they were kind of out for a while. Um, but when they came back after they rebuilt everything, uh, they commissioned Tom Whalen to, um, do artwork for it and they made a pin of it. And so, um, I regret um, not getting that pin. I do too. It's so it's, first of all, it's really big. It's rad, but there's a Phoenix coming up, like the fire coming up behind Franklin, um, and then on the pin itself, it has the logo, it says Franklin, and then it says, uh, um, 
Established 2009, Reborn 2017. Nice. It's it's really really good, and there's br- there's like uh, brisket and ribs and sausage um, on the grill, like in front of him. So, uh, good work, Tom. That's when you pair Tom Whalen and amazing barbecue together, you're not gonna fail. Um, and on the pin front, I'll leave this other thing. I got this, and there's a saga that went along with getting this. Uh, the Star Wars, the there. Last Jedi Blu-ray. What? I see what you did. Um, a yeah, saga, but. Get it? This is the this is the third version of this that I that I've purchased. Okay. Without the same exact one, without having purchased any other, it's I've returned it, and uh, I'll tell you guys off air. It's ridiculous. Um, but we got some stuff in the mail today that we're excited about, and I wanted to show you guys. This is what we've been preparing for um, our conferences with. Um, I'll show you one of the things actually. We'll, we'll be giving away if you if you come to the conferences and you sit in one of our hot seats we we give away pins yeah. um, we have hot hot seat specific pins that you only get if you sit down and do an interview yep. we have a new colorway cuz we've run out of our other ones our other ones were black these new ones are uh, a fun pop of color um so if you are going to see us in the next couple of weeks when we're at these different live events um come sit down and talk to us on air and you'll get well, one of these special and pins and correct me if i'm wrong we are going to have a link somewhere to sign up. If you are going, you can sign up for a time. Uh, yeah, we do. We actually already have that for crop. Yeah. I don't know if we have that for creative South or that we even will. I don't know how that is going to work, but mm-hmm. we'll talk more about that. Pay, stay tuned to our social media. Yeah, If you want to get, um, if you want to get in the hot seat, just make sure you're following on social media and you'll see how to do that. Yeah. And then this is the one that I'm really excited about. I, we saw, um, some pins at Disney that kind of inspired us. Like, how do they do that? We researched how to do it, and so we got some new pins made. Um, and uh, if you've ever gotten one of our pins, you know it's always been kind of the the, the circular logo. Um, but we've we've revisited our mark uh, towards the end of last year, and so we have these new pins. Let's see if I can get the camera to focus on it. Um, the color it doesn't really show up very well on here, but it's a purple, like a translucent purple with a subtle texture at the back of it. And it's the, it's the, what we've, you know, dubbed the, the word, the word bubble logo. And I'm really excited about these pins. They look great. They have a clear coat. Yeah. They're dye pressed. And then they have a clear coat on top of them with the translucent um, enamel. So there's like three different. Yeah. So there's like three different techniques happening to make these pins uh, look the way they do. They have so much depth and, um, they're beautiful. So I'm excited. Um, if you're going to be at any of those events, you can pick those up and we'll probably put a link up to buy them. Um, if we have any left after our events are done, we'll probably put a link up and we'll tell you about that when you sure. can. But those came in today and I'm super stoked for it. All right. I think that's it. Um, we've talked enough about our weeks. Let's talk about some stuff that you can have fun with in our master categories. The Master Categories part of the show is when we get to talk about the tokens we drew the week before, which give us our categories. We pick our topics based on those categories. It's pretty straightforward. And we learn something. You learn something. Everybody's happy. Uh, unless we're giving something a bad review, and in which case the people we've reviewed poorly review. aren't as happy. But, hey, they're getting publicity. And then what, what's that that they say? All press is free press. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> free <laughs> All press free is presses. good press. That's yeah. it. All press is good press. Um, so, uh, Patrick. Thank you. Yeah. This feels Great. right. <laughs> so this week, uh, kind of an artist's profile. CJ Henry is somebody I've 
very recently been introduced to. And in fact, that introduction was made by Luke. So Luke, this is someone that... I can't that, believe that Luke is introducing you to artists. That's what this hey, show can do. Like, do. This show can do you know, miracles. It's a thing I do. It's a passion. My assumption is that CJ also plays D&D because that's the only <laughs> oh, way yeah, yeah. The only reason yeah, yeah. Luke would, know. would be would know who this is. But <laughs> CJ, uh, CJ Hendry is a self-proclaimed uh, scribbler that is now living in New York. She's, I, I believe, born in South Africa and then uh, Brisbane for a while. Brisbane? Brisbane? Do you all have a... Uh, I think it depends on where you're from is how you say it. I'm going to say Brisbane. Brisbane. Uh, she was there for a while, and then she transitioned. Uh, she's now in New York. But but um, <coughs> someone that drew when she was younger, and then but nothing serious. And sure. then she was uh, she uh, someone that's always loved uh, high fashion. And uh, she was um, uh, early 20s working for Chanel, um, and, and uh, you know for one of their stores. And she had kind of been in and out of college. She had uh, two failed attempts at uh, completing a degree, both times when she dropped out. Um, and she just said, you know, working is so much of your life. It's such a high percentage. So I want to do something I love. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take these kind of like designer fashion items that I've been slowly collecting over the years. I'm just going to sell all of them. And take the next six months to a year and see if I can make something happen with drawing. And then if it doesn't, then at the end of the year, then I'll just figure it out from there. I'll just, I'll go back to working in a, a more normal job. And so that's what she did. She, she just sold all that stuff. She uh, set out to take a year off and she started uh, just taking drawing seriously. So again, it's something she'd done younger, but now she really decided to lean into it. And so um, she was doing this while also being very heavy uh, into Instagram, like showing her process and showing final pieces. And she ended up, her first piece that sold, sold. she just pulled a number, just a random number. Someone was interested, asked how much it was, and it sold uh, $10,000 for her first piece. That's a lot of money. And then she, uh, you know, linked up with someone good. Yeah. Good for her. Linked up with someone sold out a gallery, did another gallery, sold out another gallery. And it's just been growing from there. So she has pieces now that fetch $80,000 and they're these ultra realistic, like, like hyper realism. Yes. Um, pencil drawn pieces and depending on the size of it, She'll have 100 hours in the piece. I mean, working 15 hours a day until she completes it. And, uh, and it, typically, what she'll like find an object. Of, you know, like, um, in many cases, it's an object around her house, something like that. She'll take a picture of it. She'll use that as a reference. And again, just sitting there, just slowly building the detail over 100 hours of work to produce a final piece. And so taking her talent combining that with her ability to promote herself well on Instagram, she's her last gallery show. I think um, she sold all her pieces in seven minutes or something like that, like something insane. Um, And so just incredible, incredible story. So she actually has a new gallery. She's working in now Um, recently. So in 2017, her gallery, then before it's all in black and white, 2017, she made a transition to color. She did this full gallery where all these pieces were just very uh, vibrant colors. In fact, all the colors were derived from primary colors. And so you can imagine like the, the hue of red and blue and things that you would get. Um, 
and which in now moving to our next gallery show, everything, you know, another challenge, everything is like this chrome exterior, this shiny exterior. And again, this is being, it's hyper-realistic created uh, primarily with pencils. So uh, very um, in, inspiring story. And she's someone that's been very successful in a very short amount of time. And it shows no signs of slowing down. But I, I think gleaning something from that story, uh, willing to take a chance on something she loved, willing to uh, invest the time, I mean, 15 to 18 hours a day putting work into it, but also able to, you know, promote herself well and being willing to promote herself to other people and really showing the work she's doing. And it has just absolutely exploded. So I, Do you I think it's because she's Australian like that. The more and she's more South I, African, what she's from South Africa. She well, lives in Brisbane. Okay. She lived, oh, but she, she was born she's, in South she's Africa. listed. She's listed as an Australian artist. Gotcha. And it could be so, that anyway, she just lived there well, the majority of her life, but yeah. So maybe we just need to, to go down under um, to get better at being good. <laughs> her stuff is incredible. Uh, like it blows I, I my understand. mind. I would love to own one of her Pantone pieces, like the, yeah. the Pantone swatch that's all crumbled up. Mm-hmm. She did like all these different Pantone swatches that are just crumbled up. It's, it's insane. It's insane. So what's, um, here's what's crazy too. Um, because I've, I've been going through and, in looking at interviews she's done and, and, um, uh, kind of the, what's been put out there about herself and her background and her process and those type of things. But one thing that keeps coming up is she describes herself as not being creative. She just says, honestly, what I do, I mean, I take a picture and I just replicate it. And yeah, so she considers herself, um, kind of uncreative in many ways, which is, you know, it's, it's pretty, uh, incredible to imagine number one, given the, the, uh, amazing work she's putting out, but also given her clients. I mean, you know, Kanye is one of her clients. Uh, you know, people like that caliber of people that are, well, the caliber of person that can pay $80,000 for work of art. So that should Cre- just tell you a lot there. Create creative is such a, such a catch all word sure. that she has predefined what creative means to her. And, and she's deemed that she's not that like if, if, yeah, and it's crazy because you look at this and you're like, oh my gosh, she's incredible. She's not saying she's not talented. She's incredibly talented, and I think she recognizes that. But she doesn't see drawing something the way she sees it, you know, drawing it realistic as creative. She sees it as creating a, a photograph yeah. with pencil. So I would highly recommend looking at her Instagram. She has some she has some time lapse videos of producing pieces. And just getting to see the way that these things come together is very interesting. The other thing is she has a TEDx talk that she gave in Brisbane. And um, watch it's that. A, Can it's you put the link to talk. it in the... Yeah, absolutely. So we'll, I'll drop the link to you guys and also drop the link in the show notes for everybody so you can check it out. But I would say check out both those pieces. But again, CJ Hendry, um, incredibly, yeah. incredibly talented, even if you don't feel creative. Yeah. Uh, and just super cool work. So uh, she's, I think, 29 years old. It's incredible, so man. It's, it's going to be really awesome to see what is she doing when she's 39? What is she doing when she's 49? Uh, I personally would be retired by that point at this rate, <laughs> but excited to see the work that's being produced. Well, yeah. And her Instagram is CJ underscore Hendry with an E. Hendry. Yes. All right. Man. Yeah. Uh, Luke. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I had toys and games. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about a game. So... I found out that 
if you have Amazon, you have Twitch. You have Twitch Prime because it's included with Amazon. Well, I did not know that. Yeah, so I didn't you have, know that either. You have Twitch Prime. Uh, but th- right now, up until the 31st, so if you're hearing this on release, sorry, you already missed it. If you're not hearing it on release, meaning the two of you, that's it. Um, you can get this game I'm going to talk about for free. It's one of the gifts. If you download the Twitch, so Twitch has a uh, standalone app. And you can play games on it, kind of like the Steam app, where you can have Steam games and play. There's a Twitch app with games. And this game is called Shadow Tactics Blades of the Shogun. And what it is, is a real-time stealth strategy game. Um, Basically, you play uh, different types of assassins, um, and you have a map, and you have to sneak around. The Shogun sends you out to do missions. And it's kind of like... Um, feudal Japan, uh, like it's the, it's not feudal, it's the Edo period. Um, you're going around and you're oh, yes, doing the these, Edo period. it's the Edo period. <laughs> yeah. You're doing these missions. Thank you for correcting that because I was going to have to correct you. Well, you know, it's Thanks fine. For saving it's me. fine. Um, you do these missions for the Shogun and you're, you're sneaking around and, and through the map you can, uh, so it's it's real time, meaning you move your player. It's not like turn based or anything. You move your player. You they hide, and you can check on uh, these different guards and see what, like where they're looking and kind of see the pattern of their movements. And then you have different. Each different assassin has different abilities. Whether it's you know throwing a shuriken or stones to distract or to um, like. There's what what one- level do you have to be at to throw an unshuriken? I see what you did there. Um, Patrick, the, you'll get it in a minute. There's other characters that can like move um, things with their mind. There's uh, characters that have uh, like rifles and there's like snipers. And so you work together and each as you progress in the game, you get more and more of these characters unlocked. And then you can do this thing. Uh, it's called shadow mode where you kind of use different elements from each assassin and trigger abilities to happen at the same time. So one might, you know, throw something and take an enemy out while the other shoots them. And then another one distracts guards in another area that might hear that with another thing. And it all happens real time. So sounds pretty simple, but the game is amazingly uh, challenging and frustrating. The other thing it does is there's a, a you have to save, um, by finding these scrolls and you can build, you build up a inventory of these scrolls, but it doesn't auto save. So it'll warn you the last time you auto saved. And if you don't remember to like save your game and you, you die or you fail part of the mission, you have to go back to the last save that you remember to do. And so that's another thing is to not save too much. So you run out of scrolls, but also to remember to save once you hit certain milestones in the game. So you don't have to keep redoing things if you fail. Um, And the game is super fun on steam. It's $27. It came out in 2016. So it's been out for a bit. Uh, You can get it on steam. You can get it on PS4 and Xbox. Uh, It's on this Twitch app. Like I said, um, it's great. If you like strategy games, it's a real time strategy, which is a little bit, um, more challenging than turn-based strategy. Um, but it's cool. It's different from like splinter cell because you have more people that you can use and kind of, uh, come <coughs> at different problems from other angles. Um, yeah, but you I have re- a, like an arsenal, like a toolbox, right? 
but I like it and it was free. So you guys should check it out at least cause it's free. And then anybody else, um, you can get it on any platform you play on pretty much. And, uh, if you have Amazon, you have Twitch prime. So just don't forget to sign up for that. That's good to know. And every month it's a different game you can get, right? Well, so this month up until the 31st was five games. You actually get five different games for free. Um, next month they have different things like, uh, last, the month before last was a couple, there were two games free and then a couple of like add-ons to other games. Um, I don't know what next month will be probably a couple other free games, but there's not like a certain, it's not like five every time or two every time. It's, it's very depending on what's kind of deal with publishers, I imagine. So Andrew, take us home. All right, I'll take us home. Uh, so I have TV and film, and like I said uh, in the Around the Table, I've been watching a lot of... I've been getting uh, movie passes, uh, money's worth, yeah. uh, out of the film. So um, I think I mentioned last week that Alamo Drafthouse, in preparation for the highly anticipated Ready Player One, um, has been doing... They've worked with Ernest Klein, who's the author of Ready Player One, also has screenplay credit uh, for the film, adaptation of it and they work with him to do a curation of films um a re-release of of films that all were inspiring uh that all inspired the the book um (laughs) Uh, shuriken oh my gosh (laughs) that is hilarious oh man it just hit me oh gosh shuriken that's perfect I can't even be mad. Like, that yep. was great. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I, l- I would love if someone skipped yours, Luke, because <laughs> they have no idea. <laughs> they have no idea what that was all about. Um, I just woke up like four <laughs> apartment units around me, just so you know. <laughs> I missed the Matt, yeah. Um, so in preparation, they, they did this curation of films that inspired the book um, and subsequently the movie. Um, and so they've been showing them for the last, like, I think eight weeks. Um, so, uh, on the list was, um, was Back to the Future. They did a movie party for that. And I think I talked about that, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, it, they did, um, The Iron Giant. They did, um, why am I blank? Uh, War Games. They did, I'm like blanking. I saw all of these films and I'm completely blanking on them. There were several, uh, say anything, um, gosh, whatever. So there was all these films, um, and I, I managed to watch almost all of them at the Alamo. A couple of them I had to just rent or, um, like I already own the Iron Giant, so I watched that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the final film that they ended things off with was, uh, a film called The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Across the Eighth Dimension. And this film came out in 1984, so the year that I was born. This film is 33 years old. And, um. This, by is, the way, I pulled up the list. This list of films is so good. Okay, what, what's the, read off the list. So the list that I'm seeing has Atari Game Over, which is the documentary, uh, which is great. It's got Back to the Future, um, Iron Giant, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, Last Starfighter, Real Genius, which, uh, oh, is see, a movie yeah. I love. You've that, seen they, that, didn't, right? they didn't play all of these. These were there's like a there's a, a more curated list, I guess. But keep going. I see. Road Warrior. Um, Road Say, Warrior was another one that I watched. Yep. Say anything. Um, yes. War Games. Yep. Um, 
and I guess also the Back to the Future Marathon. So these are yeah. all Alamo Drafthouse screenings, and I don't know that they all took place at the same cinema. They may have had at different locations. Yeah, they they yeah they do different markets. So I I think the I think six of those though came to the one that's you know the one right. that's immediately by me. So have you I seen the Atari documentary by the way? No, I haven't seen that. It's really good. It's I really good. It. Yeah, and I think it's um, on Netflix too. But uh, so. But this film, Buckaroo, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, is everything that you would expect from the 80s. It's a totally 80s wacky film. I'm gonna I'm just gonna read to you. They did a movie party, so we got a bunch of props and all sorts of stuff. Let me just read to you the quick synopsis of this film. Um because that's really the easiest way. Uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, often shortened to Buckaroo Banzai, is a 1984 American science fiction romantic adventure comedy film directed and produced by W.D. Richard. The premise centers upon the efforts of the polymath Dr. Buckaroo Banzai, a physicist, neurosurgeon, test pilot, and rock musician, to save the world by defeating a band of interdimensional aliens called the Red Electroids from Planet 10. The film uh, is a cross between action, adventure, sci-fi, film genres, also includes elements of comedy, satire, and romance. So listen to the uh, the cast from this film. Peter Weller uh, of uh, RoboCop fame, he is RoboCop, um, plays Buckaroo Banzai. John Lithgow plays the main uh, the main bad guy of the of the film, and his name is Lord John Horfin or Doctor Emilio Lizardo. That's his character. And he's like a crazy, mad scientist guy from Russia, I believe. I believe he's Soviet. Um, uh, Penny Pretty is uh, Ellen Barkin, who you would recognize from a series, you know, a whole slew of like different television and various movie things. Um, but this uh, new uh, Jeff Goldblum plays uh, a, a scientist as or a, a, a surgeon as well, who wants to join the band because they have a rock band. Um, and the rock band, sorry, his, his, like, his team that comes along with him is called the Hong Kong Cavaliers. <laughs> so te- team, team Bonsai and is the, the Hong, Hong Kong, Kong Cavaliers. So at the beginning of the film, Jeff Goldblum's character is saying that he would love to join. And he said, I've got some, I have one, I have one more space. And he's like, really? And so the next scene, he's showing up to join the, 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 the touring bus and he's wearing this full on cowboy outfit, but like, like super satirical cowboy, like, uh, almost like what you would see, um, like a non bedazzled version from like the three amigos, <laughs> like yeah. big, like big chap, like big, like fuzzy chaps, um, and a red, uh, like a red top with this big old, like 10 gallon hat. Jeff Goldblum as this character. It was just amazing. And then um, Christopher Lloyd uh, plays one of the bad guys as well. So it's quite a cast of, of characters. This movie is ridiculous from start to end. I watched this movie about a half hour into it. I was like, honestly, I was like, what, what the hell am I watching? What is this? This is stupid. Like, I hate this. But then it passes this threshold where you're like, it's so ridiculous. It becomes fun. And then by the end of it, you don't want to stop watching it. At the end of it, it's just it's just so ridiculous. Um, I don't want to give anything away. If you haven't seen it, I would suggest you go watch this film. Um, Can you explain the bubble wrap? So the bubble. How do you know about the bubble wrap? Your photo. You posted a photo. Oh, that's right. Okay, so the bubble wrap. uh, There's a part in the in the uh, in the movie 
where they're trying to decipher a message, a video message. Think of like a hollow message from, uh, from like Star Wars that you can't see unless you're wearing bubble wrap glasses. <laughs> and so like the Alamo Draft House gave us bubble wrap glasses that we had to make ourselves. They gave us pop guns, um, like actual like cap guns, and they gave us a set of caps so we were able to load and shoot. Um, they gave us a little parachute man, like those army parachute guys, uh, which comes in at the end that makes total sense. They gave us um, uh, a couple of other things, but the, the movie parties are so much fun. They shoot off like these confetti cannons and everything is just a How blast. How much extra so do those fun. cost than a regular ticket? Is it more? This one was, no, this one was like, I was able to purchase it with movie pass. Oh, that's Some cool. Some of them are more. Okay. Um, like the, I believe, no, the back to the future one was the same. I went to one where there were, the props were more expensive. Mm. And so it was like $15. But typically Something they're like good. eight or nine dollars for yeah. yeah for the wow. movie party, um, especially when they're older films like this. So uh, I I would absolutely this will not be your anyone's favorite movie I don't think, um, but there are so many quotable lines in it it's ridiculous like one of their lines that's supposed to be like really like um like really inspirational and really life changing is this part where he's talking to a depressed woman. Um, they're playing this rock song and then they stop, he, he stops everybody's like, Hey, stop, stop. Is somebody, is somebody not rocking out? <laughs> like, no, no. I think somebody, is somebody crying? And like, everyone's like, no, no, it's not me. And then there's this woman and it cuts to her and she goes, I am, I'm crying. And she has mascara running down her face and she goes to like, shoot herself in the head. Um, and, and he, and he soothes her by saying the phrase, uh, where, wherever you go. There you are. <laughs> like, like, what is that? That means nothing. Um, but the movie is so ridiculous that it's absolutely worth it. I'll, I'll watch it again. Uh, maybe when we're together next week, we'll we'll watch it. It's like two ninety nine on Amazon or something Sweet. like that to rent. Um, maybe we because you have to watch it with friends. Don't watch it by yourself because then you're just like, what am I doing with my life? But watch it with friends because it's fun. Um, Buckaroo Banzai. But I, I absolutely love the Alamo Draft House. I love how they take cinema seriously. Um, but they don't take themselves too seriously and they have a lot of fun. And, um, this leading up to, to ready player one has been an absolute blast. So, um, speaking of ready player one, we're going to get out of this episode here in just a second, but our Thursday episode is we have dedicated the whole episode to a round table discussion of ready player one with a couple of special guests, um, who are bringing on to talk about that. It's going to be the high um, five. It's going to be the high five. Um, Dang, that was good. Way to go, Patrick. Ding. You're doing it. Um, and uh, so if you want to hear about Ready Player One, we've all read the book, uh, I think. No, you haven't read the book, have you, Patrick? It's true. Um, that was so, purposeful. So right, no, I think that's good. I think that's yeah. good, yeah. I think that'll be a good idea. Um, but we've all seen the film. Um, we saw it and uh, are ready to divulge all of the secrets. So make sure you see it before Thursday. Um, yeah, because this will it's gonna be, be a spoiler, spoiler episode. You're right. Spoiler-ridden, um, opinion-ridden. Don't uh, even download it if you're not ready. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, that's going to be it for this week. Um, if you can find us on the internet, then you're smart. <laughs> Thanks. Crop. Crop is in a couple days. Come see there us at is. Baton Rouge. Yep, that's one. Do that. And then next week is... Uh, Creative South. No, cro- Crop is right now. No, oh, it's in two days. Yep, yeah, this is right. still Tuesday. It's in two yeah. days. Pick up your ticket. 
Delta has last minute flight deals. Get yeah. over there. We're going to be doing hot seats the the entire time. Exclusive and Just pin. hanging out. Part we'll have pins. Get pins. We'll have the new pins. Come to crop. Yeah. And and if if you don't have your ticket yet, there's a couple of tickets left, and they've given us a promo code. You can get twenty bucks off your. I think it's a hundred dollar registration. Yeah. So, um, it's a steal. Just go to go to register there and just type in M of one. The number one, and uh, you'll get a discount on that. They're super awesome. So um, do that. Show notes and all that stuff. You know where to find it. It's on our website. It's right below us if you're watching this on YouTube. And uh, support the show. Patreon.com slash M of one podcast. Go to Slack. Uh, join the conversation on there. If you want to uh, be a real friend, uh, like and subscribe and share and talk about this and comment and be involved and be engaged in the community um, cause that's so much fun, but I think for now we're going to get out of this episode. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, then, uh, I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. And I'm Luke. Peace out. Bye. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> <laughs>